following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. Your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. And uh, with me today is Father Tom Galloway, uh, the um, priest in charge at St. Andrew Orthodox Church on Higby Mill Road. Welcome, Father Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, listeners. Um, We were just listening to some music from the Orthodox tradition. Uh, Before we get into our discussion today, we're going to be talking about Turkey and some of the uh, contemporary uh, in-the-news things that are going on with Turkey. But before we get into that, I would like to announce that the uh, St. Andrew Orthodox Church at 1136 Higby Mill Road will be having um, a heritage festival Saturday, September the 15th from 12 to 8 p.m. And Sunday, September 16th from 12 to 5. Food and entertainment. It's going to be Middle Eastern and Slavic foods. All homemade Middle Eastern and Slavic dance. Choir concerts and church tours. And if you've not been inside the church, it's a beautiful uh, thing of, I guess, iconostasis uh, around the walls inspiration of a vision of heaven yes the painting in inside the church at uh at saint andrews out on higby mill road well father tom um i called you this week uh and asked you to come on the show because uh you tend to be a uh an expert in things middle eastern and in that area of the country or of the the world and there's been a lot going on in turkey recently um the in the news this week was the devaluation of the turkish lira because of the uh imposition of tariffs on the turk economy um by the trump administration 
And uh, you've heard a whole lot of uh, complaining by their president, uh, Erdogan. But there is so much history in that area of Turkey, um, which really only started with that name in 1923. Prior to that, it was the Ottoman Empire. And then prior to that, there were uh, various... um, Parts of that, uh, what is now a country, Asia Minor, uh, Ephesus, the one of the more famous Christian sites, the Hagia Sophia, the the city Byzantium. So it's a rich history, and I just thought you could maybe help us shed some light on the history of that area and and what's going on lately. Well, one of the things I I think that is a miss in our uh, educational process in the United States is. Uh, first of all, looking very deeply um, or broadly uh, into world history. Right. And uh, particularly how Western civilization was able to develop. And one of the uh, uh, obvious yet overlooked aspects was the existence of what was called Byzantium, the Eastern Roman Empire. You know, characteristically, when you uh, study Western civilization, you concentrate on Western Europe, to the exclusion of Eastern Europe and Southern Europe and its international connections to the Levant and the Middle East. Because of the Mediterranean Sea, they were all interlocked, and they all were descendants of the Roman Empire. Um, The Roman Empire, if you look it up on, uh, well, let's even say Wikipedia, you'll say that it fell in 476, you know, and the end of the Roman Empire and the fall of Rome and the Middle Ages begin. Um, That's really not a very historically accurate description. Uh, As it faded in the West, it it continued, you know, and since uh, I know your your chief interest is economics, because it grew... Well, among other things. Well, professionally, let's say. Um, It grew poor. It grew poor. The, the real dynamism of the Roman economy, the real wealth of the Roman economy, was on the eastern side of the Mediterranean. And that end of the Roman Empire, which called themselves Romans, uh, until 1453. Really? They were still known as the Romans. They are called so even in the Quran of the, uh, of the Muslim Quran. Uh, they're referred to as the Rum. And still, that term is in use in the Middle East of referring to particularly the Orthodox, the, the Christians' uh, descendants of, uh, of Byzantium. And they're referred to as the Rum to this day. And Byzantium was the shield that protected and uh, permitted the um, development of really Western Europe uh, against the advance of Islam for, uh, you know, uh, many, many centuries, you know, nearly seven, eight hundred years, holding them back. Um, But also it was Byzantium and teachers and manuscripts and materials, for there was no shortage of books. There was never a dark ages. There was never a time that learning didn't go on as they try to characterize the Middle Ages in Byzantium. Right. And it was a lot of the teachers... uh, the uh, of the uh, Greek language that caused and and the manuscripts they really caused the revival. What's known in Western uh, European history as the Renaissance or rebirth was heavily fueled by the teachers 
uh, coming first to Italy, where the Renaissance uh, began, and then spread northward. And it was many of the materials and manuscripts and, and things that came forward that inspired not only the Renaissance of classical learning, but also fueled uh, a greater interest and a deeper interest in scholarship on the scriptures. Really? So, you know, I think, you know, a lot of this is really not pointed out to people. And therefore, um, we have kind of um, a disjointed view of even the development of our own culture. Byzantium was located where Istanbul is now? Yes, uh, the city of Istanbul, um, kind of a corrupted uh, way of saying Istanbul East, this way to the city, with all the signs referred to it. It was kind of, if you watch The Wizard of Oz, it was the great city of Oz in, in many ways because uh, all roads seemed to lead there. Mm -hmm. It was the, one of the lar large and very uh, wealthy city through much of the history when Western, European was in, Western Europe was in great poverty um, because it interlocked with what became a, um, a whole chain of roads economically across the Middle East, and what we now uh, can, can study, the development of what's known as the Silk Road. Yeah. And so it all, it all it culminated to the great port of Constantinople, founded uh, by the Emperor Constantine, who legalized uh, Christianity for the first time. Right. So these things all are within the country that we now call Turkey. Yeah, as as uh, although we can we can trace a few other routes uh, to the uh, how that land became became called Turkey, uh, specifically as a nation, okay, a nation uh, with its current borders and all, only goes back to the founding of what's known as the Turkish Republic, uh, back around 1923. Yeah, um, before that, and uh, you will. Uh, many of your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar from even various Bible studies, you know, the great seven churches of Asia. Yes. The term Asia itself was a province in Asia Minor, and it was the land across the, across the area from Constantinople. It was an area out across there. So it's interesting that that province gave the name for the whole continent yeah. of Asia because everything beyond that point, you know, you, when you went across to Asia, and it gave the, the, the name we now use on our maps and uh, for, for the whole entire continent of many cultures. So, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the development of Turkey, uh, like I said, was actually very multi-ethnic, was very uh, multi-faceted uh, as far as religiously, mm -hmm. culturally, until the 20s. When that began to change right. during the the um, the Turkish Republic and the greco uh, the Greco-Turkish War at that time, this was the successor to the Ottoman Empire, which was kind of the odd man out in World War One. <clears throat> well, um, everybody chose sides. Yeah, uh, it was a little bit like a. Um, uh, it was a comedy of errors in many ways. The First World War, we, are, we have not yet. Everyone likes to concentrate on, on the Second World War in the United States. and we, My children used to refer to the History Channel back in the days when the History Channel actually had history on yeah. it instead of uh, pickers and ice truckers. Yeah. Um, they used to refer to it as uh, the World War II Channel. 
because we liked it because we showed so many films. Yeah. Um, but that really was the Second World War was larger and more catastrophic. But it really was a footnote and probably occurred heavily because of the First World War and right. the comedy of errors. And we never really got the peace right, and therefore it erupted into another war. The Ottoman Empire uh, allied itself with what's known as the, the Central Powers, and uh, particularly was uh, at that time known as the sick man of Europe, but still extensively strong and having a great military tradition. Mm-hmm. Turkey has always had a great military tradition. That's how the Turks entered into world history, was as soldiers. Yeah. And uh, first in Persia, then later in the Arab world, and eventually succumbed and overcame the Arab world. Um, the, the Turks allied themselves with the Kaiser. They're quite taken with him. He traveled. In fact, they, they still in the Middle East talk about the, the extensive trip the Kaiser took through the Ottoman Empire. He uh, personally paid for the refurbishing and the rebuilding of Sal- Salahuddin's tomb in, uh, in Damascus. Let's take a break right there. Uh, I'm speaking with uh, Father Tom Galloway of the St. Andrew Orthodox Church, and we're going to talk a little more about Turkey and its significance on the world stage. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. Alexa, I need to know the news. I added to know the news to your shopping list. Oh boy, uh, how about this? Alexa, play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. There you go. Wasn't that easier? Wait, what? Nothing. Here's the station you asked for. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Father Tom, uh, you were just saying that uh, these countries have this history and they try to reconcile themselves in their contemporary form to what their history meant to them. And Turkey certainly has a, a, a history that uh, it seems like uh, some of the, uh, the current leadership is trying to disavow and, and walk away from the multi-ethnic aspect of, of Turkey. Well, you know, Turkey became one of the greatest world powers um, and was a featured element and and influenced history for centuries. Any country, any culture, anywhere, any time, 
that has a huge legacy of greatness and Im imperial power has a certain sense of nostalgia about it. Uh, Turkey is one such country. We could probably run through a number. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there is a great sense of nostalgia in the history of Russia uh, now with, with Vladimir Putin. And, and uh, we forget that, that the great wealth, the great power, uh, what, what made them such a, a dynamic thing, especially economically, was their crossing the Bosporus between what's now modern Turkey into Europe, and it was the European side that supplied the greatness, the wealth, many of the, their troops, their leadership. And you begin to see that um, protecting the European side of the Ottoman Empire, which influenced then Greece and much of Eastern Europe, right, uh, under their uh, suzannery, you know, their control, uh, that that was where the great power was, and they never relinquished. They still have a foothold in Europe, right, a very small section of land which was neither returned to Bulgaria or Greece. So they still have a foothold. And one of their quests has always been to be back. And, and they try to say to, to the world, we are a European nation. How do they come up with that? Well, they come up with that because of this great European connection. And it was the silver mines in Bosnia and, and places like that that fueled the economy and built the wealth. You know, much of Ottoman uh, uh, foreign policy uh, was to expand at first and then defend their holdings in Europe. Just the same way that the British Empire, you know, all British foreign policy you can trace throughout the, by the time of the 19th century, when they uh, kind of abandoned the American colonies, mm -hmm. became the protection and, uh, of the road to India. Right. And once India was given independence, you saw a lot of the wealth and the prominence and the devolution of the British Empire. The same thing began to occur in the 19th century with the Ottoman Empire, uh, where they had began to stag they had been in a in a sense of stagnation, and there were finally national liberation movements strong enough, deep enough, and and organized enough to begin to rebel against Ottoman rule. Um, in the early uh, 1800s, it was in Serbia there was an uprising to the Serbs uh, wanting to overcome the. Uh, the rule of the the Ottoman Empire, uh, Greece, and, and the Ottoman Empire was one. was the caliphate. Uh, it was a it was a, a Muslim. Uh, yes, it was known as the Sultanate. Yeah, the Sultan, uh, yeah. the Supreme Sultan, who, who resided in uh, what was Constantinople and referred to Constantinople until the 1920s. Yeah, um, there in fact there is a song from the 20s uh, that it's Istanbul, <laughs> not, not Constantinople. Not uh, when when the big uh, push by Kemal Ataturk um, to build the modern state mm -hmm. uh, that uh, he wanted to leave as the legacy of uh, for Turkey, originally the the country of Turkey was not was not supposed to be formed at the end of the First World War. It was still diverse at the time, and uh, there was a mixed population and a lot of sympathies in the West. For the Allies, particularly people like the Greeks and, and the Russians, who had aspirations to liberate a lot of these areas, the same as they had done in the Balkans. Um, but um, finally, particularly the British, uh, under the admiralty of uh, influence of, of actually Winston Churchill, uh, 
I have a mixed feelings about him. Uh, Winston Churchill helped to uh, steer the foreign policy from that to the creation, you know, to siding with the creation of, of a modern Turkey. Right. Um, what what happened at what happened at the, in the last stages of the Ottoman Empire? I think it's important, particularly for for Eastern Christians. Um, as they declined, of course, they're trying to struggle to stay in charge, and so they began to open up the Ottoman Empire to help divide Christians yeah. that were there. And so, a lot of people, particularly uh, British missionary societies, were very excited about sending missionaries. Well, they weren't there, uh, actually, in the end, they weren't very successful in trying to convert Muslims in the Ottoman Empire because that was really illegal. Yeah. But they tried to divide and make sects of smaller groups out of the existing churches to weaken the church. The Ottomans were very shrewd this way. The Westerners were very glad to be involved. Yeah. Because they were after market share. Sure. To be honest. Yes. Uh, at At actually the demise of much of Christianity. And then, as they grew even weaker at the late uh, 19th century, a series of, uh, we can't describe it any more than genocides. Yes. It started off with the people that were kind of isolated a little more interiorly, um, what's known as, from the Bible, days of the Bible, as the Assyrians, Mm -hmm. who were Christians. And in fact, uh, there was a lot of talk recently on the Nineveh plain and what was happening in Iraq. Well, that was the, the, the... the central area all the way to Lake Van, uh, where they were. They were among the first. Yeah. Then the the emphasis turned towards what was known as the Syrian Orthodox, the next branch out. And a lot of their strongholds were eventually incorporated, thanks to the French, in the 1930s, late 1930s, into modern Turkey, added to modern Turkey. So... And then, you know, you had the Armenian Genocide, which is right. still controversial, a million and a half Armenians. And finally, the expulsion under Kemal Ataturk in the 1920s of over a million and a half Greeks to ethnically cleanse Turkey. It's the Tom Dupree Show. Stay with us. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. HelpWantedLexington.com presents the world's worst boss, the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Hey, Dave, can we please turn that down? The music? Music helps create a more productive work environment. But Dave, I think it depends on what kind of music you play. Of course it does. This music helps me drown out your whining. (laughs) But I... There, that's better. Don't work for a Dave. Find a boss you can respect. One who's looking for great and local talent at helpwantedlexington.com. Local jobs that work. Operation Lifesaver presents a 30-second lesson in common sense. Deodorant is not a shower. It's wrong to feed a baby salsa. Don't wear a kilt on a windy day. Never ask a bride why she's wearing white. Don't keep mouthwash next to the antifreeze. Don't buy sushi on sale. Close your mouth when you hang glide. Don't clap after a eulogy. Always walk with pie. Do I look fat? The answer is no. And most importantly, never, ever, ever forget your common sense around railroad tracks. A message from Operation Lifesaver. Visit commonsenseuseit.com. 
Word this morning, former United Nations Security General Kofi Annan has died. In the decade, serving as UN chief, Annan received praise for his humanitarian work and also drew harsh criticism from the Bush administration and supporters for opposing the U.S. policy and war in Iraq. In the year of 9-11, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Annan's tenure as the world's top diplomat also coincided with the Iraq war and the AIDS pandemic, serving from 1997 to 2006. Originally from Ghana, he had been living recently in the Swiss city of Geneva, where he died. Julia McFarlane, ABC News, London. Jurors in the Paul Manafort bank fraud trial in Virginia have a break this weekend. The judge in the case telling the jurors to put the case out of their mind until deliberations resume on Monday. Last night in Frederick, Colorado, dozens gathered for a vigil remembering Mom and wife Shannon Watts and her two children, ages three and four, their bodies recovered yesterday after they disappeared earlier this week. The husband and father is in custody. Michelle Franz and ABC News. We are kicking off your weekend in a similar weather pattern that we have been in for the past several weeks. Showers, thunderstorms on the move for your Saturday afternoon highs, upper 70s to low 80s. Not going to rain all the time today, but when it does, it'll put it down in a hurry. Forecast for the day on Sunday, scattered thunderstorms and some periods of sunshine. Highs generally 80 to 85 degrees. More in the way of showers and storms back into town Monday and Tuesday. Make it a great weekend, everybody. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Did you know that 60% of small businesses that suffer a cyber attack are out of business within six months? And even more alarming, half of all businesses have or will be hit by hackers. You may already be a target. Integrity IT wants to help you stay safe. Visit CybersafeKY.com and get a free cyber threat evaluation. CybersafeKY.com and sign up for Integrity IT's cybersecurity conference September 20th at the Grand Reserve, where you will learn plans, policies, and best practices to keep your business safe. Go now to CybersafeKY.com. That's CybersafeKY.com. The Polaris factory authorized clearance is here. Rebates go up to $2,000 and financing is as low as 2.99% APR for 36 months on hardworking Rangers, legendary sportsman ATVs, and high-performance Razors. Now's the time to get the year's biggest deals on the world's best-selling off-road lineup. Offers valid in U.S. through 93018 on select new 2015 through 2019 vehicles, subject to credit approval. Offers vary by model. See dealer for details. Always wear a helmet. Never drink and ride. Doctor, award-winning chief medical correspondent and Salon Pass user, Dr. Bob Arnott. For pain relief, the best solution may surprise you. I found that Salon Paws Lidocaine Plus works best for my pain. It's powerful, available without a prescription, and uses two anesthetics to numb nerves right where it hurts. It starts to work on contact, providing effective, lasting pain relief I can count on. Salon Paws, in the silver box with the blue wave. 6.30 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree show where we're speaking with Father Tom Galloway, the priest in charge of St. Andrew Orthodox Church at 1136 Higby Mill Road. They're going to be having their Heritage Festival the weekend of the uh, the 15th and 16th of uh, September, Saturday from uh, noon till 8 p.m. and Sunday from noon till 5 p.m. with food and entertainment, Middle Eastern and Slavic foods, all homemade.
And your church, um, it's people think Orthodox, they think Greek Orthodox. Uh, that's just what most people think. But your church is very uh, uh, ethnically diverse. We call it, yeah, pan-Orthodox because we have uh, descendants of many nations, and they're all welcome from Eritrea and Ethiopia to to Russia to the Ukraine, uh, Serbia. Uh, we've had Bulgarians, uh, Romanians, um, Syrians, Palestinians, Jordanians, uh, you know, we've had you know, Egyptians. Uh, um, you know, everyone is welcome. Um, and you will find that over half of our church is actually Americans who have embraced the Orthodox yeah. faith. Uh, and people come in and, and they, they expect it to be um, perhaps in, I'm not sure, people come with different expectations. And I right. think they are surprised at uh, how many Americans have embraced and are some standing for some time have embraced Orthodox Christianity. One of the comparisons I made to the Orthodox Church, you have Russian Orthodox, this Orthodox, that Orthodox. It's kind of like the SEC in football. You have different teams and uniforms, but they all play by the same rules. <laughs> well, I have not thought that for that analogy, but I, I'm sure it could be apropos put <laughs> and expanded on. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, it's okay. Uh, I think let's just you know a- answer this because when Christianity goes in and it goes into a particular nation to a culture, and um, it does not change its faith for the culture, but it tries to transform with the grace of God the particular culture, and it's never the the Orthodox Church, uh, in a sense of Greece or of Russia. No, it's in 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 Russia. Right in. And it may take on some of the characteristics or some things from the culture, but the faith is something that is eternal and something which is un- unchangeable. It's the deposit that's given, the core of the faith itself. And therefore, it, it's going to be the same in that respect and everywhere you go. Yeah. Despite a little difference in style of music or a, a very slight variation in some of the art, or those things are... Um, uh, minor and extremely cosmetic, not the core of the faith. Right. We were talking about uh, Turkey, which has got uh, a tremendous complicated um, history. Well, sure. Um, you know, I talk, we just ended on, the, you know, the expulsion of a million and a half uh, uh, Greeks. Uh, at, that's a conservative estimate. At, after during the, the founding of the Turkish Republic and a populational exchange. The massacre of a million and a half Armenians. You know, and there was a, um, a wonderful movie that was just put out about that a couple of years ago, and I'm trying to think of its title. It was called The Promise or something, and it, Christian Bale uh, was the star of it. It is a remarkably movie. It is not a fictional script. It is an actual uh, historical tracing of this, what happened to particularly one family exposing the you know the the uh, genocide and in fact the the last of that a group trying to escape uh, the genocide uh, being saved by a, a French uh, ship uh, during World War one and it's a uh, it's a remarkable story if you like the Titanic and you like these what's kind the of, name of the movie um, oh gosh maybe you could google it real quick okay uh, Christian Bale and um, but which is a remarkable movie, which which illustrates particularly that. 
You know what's so sad is one of the most contemporary things of Turkey is that so many Turks um, have moved out of Turkey for jobs. And it's one of the economic things that helps prop up, okay, Turkey is people sending money back. Uh, Germany, for instance. Uh, there are oh, oh, about 6 million Turks working in Germany. Was it called The Promise? The Promise, that's it. Yeah. yeah. The Promise. I really recommend, if you can find this movie, uh, watch The Promise. I'll mention a couple other movies that would give you insights into the uh, the Ottoman world. Uh, that's at the very last stage. But it is a, a truly documented true story. And I'm going to throw this out to you, that all of the clergy, uh, priests and bishops played in the movie, are all played by actual priests and bishops. Really? I found that out. <laughs> um, so, um, and it is it is rather uh, um, a very insightful, but a really well-done movie. Yeah. Uh, the, um, you know, the expulsion of the Greeks left only one other group, um, sizably. You know, we talked about these other Assyrians, the Syriacs, the, uh, the Greek Orthodox, the and finally, you get to the Kurds, which are always right. in the news in Turkey. They were the, and, and never was there a problem between Kurds and Turks until the late 20s with Kemal Ataturk. They were the last really non-Turkish group. Yeah. And they had their own aspirations. You know, World War I helped fuel people's national ambitions, you know, mm -hmm. that they could have their own states. And, of course that's when the conflicts began to develop which are ongoing and happening this morning even yeah. between kurds and the turks in which even erdogan um, had tried to negotiate some but the difference uh, with uh, with uh, the turkish government is they they put out these press releases about how they're going to be so magnanimous to a particular minority and then when the cameras are off they squeeze it again yeah, uh, and uh, you're that, talking about how it works under Erdogan now. Yes, uh, Erdogan actually was one of the ones who was pushing the agenda that, you know, really we are Europeans. You know, we belong mm -hmm. in Europe, and they've been pushing to be part of the EU. Um, you know, and he was saying, "Well, we really are." And what's he doing? How is he doing that? Well, he's drawing upon the long connections they've had with the West. Um, uh, even before, but you know, particularly since the Crimean War, when they were propped up by the allies of Britain and France uh, to fight uh, against, um, interestingly enough, Christian Russia, who was trying to defend the Christians in the Ottoman Empire. It's an odd thing, politics, you know, make strange bedfellows, as yes. the quote says. And then you have... Well, uh, Putin refers to himself as a Christian leader. I mean, uh, he, he's... He carries the torch for the Russian Orthodox Church. And he was received almost as a czar when he visited Mount Athos in Greece. Really? Um, there was a, a, a wonderful expose about, oh, what was that, about three years ago on um, Newsweek magazine about it. I think mm -hmm. it was Newsweek. I, I didn't know he'd gone to Mount um, Athos. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He went. In fact, uh, you know, in his defense, uh, Putin gets a lot of bad press here, but he actually has a popularity because he has good press. Uh, in other parts of the world. And um, he was the one that after ha hearing a briefing of uh, the absolute slaughter of the Christians in Syria during the war and in making decisions of intervention to help stop this, mm -hmm. um, because 
Russia actually has deep cultural ties from the Ottoman era in defending Christians in Syria. Right. Uh, which America doesn't seem to ever want to educate no. its people about. And, in fact, they have a biz- more business to be there than we ever did, okay, in their, their backyard. And he, after hearing some briefings, came in and there was a news conference scheduled up with European press. It received almost, in Europe, yes, almost none here. Right. In which he lambasted the press. Yes. All did a conspiracy of silence. I heard that. Over the uh, oppression of Christians around the world, and particularly, why are they not reporting things? Mm-hmm. All right, let's just look at the headlines the last... Uh, just the last few weeks. Look at the things that have not been reported. Um, when we were trying to, uh, to to talk about this whole war in Iraq, we never really, we talked about the demise of Christians in, in the Nineveh area, okay, in the northern Mosul and, and Nineveh. But we never really educated them as to how or why or how long they'd been there mm-hmm. since the second century, okay? And there's a, a, a picture that you could find on the Internet uh, a panoramic view of uh, the area and what you saw, nothing but smoke clouds where they burning all the churches. Um, when ISIS uh, controlled the region. Uh, when Turkey sent in uh, some support on and off, what did they do? They shelled Christian towns with tanks. Hmm. Um, well, let's look at, um, you know, there's a, a rise of militancy, uh, Islamic militancy inside of Albania. Albania was one of the great Ottoman areas. And um, even the statue of Mother Teresa, which is on uh, an area of Macedonia in the Albanian side of the border, she is their most famous daughter, um, has, um, has been going through a great sense of uh, painting and, and vandalism in that area. Um, there was, inside Cologne, Germany, I was very proud to say, because I, uh, I have a German grandfather, uh, built a monument uh, to recognize the genocide of the Armenian people. And the Armenian community was very proud. The German state was very proud. It is now being dismantled because of the number of complaints of Turkish workers. Because Turkey to this day denies and will not admit it. Really? Um, and the Turkish government will not admit, nor make an onus or any, any apology for it. Uh, so now, strangely enough, of all places in Germany, they cowtailed uh, to covering up a genocide because it was politically unpopular. Right. Um, I was ashamed of that. Um, you know, you can look again at, um, let's see, what's another little instance recently um, that's happened here? Um, you know, um, Erdogan was, um, uh, he pushes a, 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 um, a, a sense of militancy, and he does have an almost, um, an air of almost resurgence of the Ottoman period and that prestige. Right. The United States military fell in love with Turkey, um, particularly uh, during the Korean War. And we started having some connections. Their geography uh, made them great in the Cold War. We built bases there, you know. 
because we were going to uh, do Russian containment, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was all part of the Cuban Missile Crisis negotiations about bases in Turkey, and that's what it was uh, resounded. Turkey realized and capitalized on this, uh, but we try to keep a balance between uh, with Turkish uh, policy and, uh, uh, let's say, aspirations of Greece and Eastern Europe, a rather balanced policy until 1974. Still ancient history to some of your listeners, maybe, but I can remember it only so well when uh, Turkey invaded Cyprus. And despite uh, all of the UN resolutions, all the negotiations, and uh, there's still no apology, and the Turks still control a large portion of Cyprus illegally. And uh, as part of their expansionary, okay, their expansionary thoughts. And um, uh, it's, it's seemingly they want you always to forget um, what they're doing when they're trying to claim that we're a modern Western nation. Right. Which they're not. No, um, you know, the, the economic crisis that's uh, impended I mean, uh, in Turkey Erdogan now. Erdogan is a complete uh, Islamist. Um, er- Erdogan has now uh, declared that uh, the West is waging war against Turkey. Mm-hmm. That's his uh, latest flavor of speeches. And um, there is a growing sense of militancy with him. Um, and his frustration, because he was part of trying to um, be a part of the negotiations to join the EU um, from 2003 and, and after, uh, and realized that, um, you know, of all people, not wasn't the United States, it was France um, that said, well, what are you going to, why are your government is so resistant to admitting it's the sins of its past and it's it's genocide of the Armenian people uh, strangely enough that wasn't an argument America raised okay yeah um, Turkey for instance you talk, you ask about the church in Turkey when we were off air um, it has been um, uh, suffering a, a strangulation for many years in the 1930s uh, during the early decades of the Turkish Republic there were about 360 or 70,000 uh, Greek Orthodox alone, not to mention Syrians and uh, uh, Armenians inside Constantinople, uh, what Istanbul. Um, that population today, okay, in 2018, uh, is about 3,000 Greeks left. Um, they have been strangled out, you know, and... and uh, Attacks uh, against an office known as the Ecumenical Patriarch, who is the, uh, say, the presiding um, chairmanship bishop of, of the Orthodox, uh, the, all the autonomous Orthodox churches. Uh, and it's an office that they don't even recognize in the Turkish Republic. Yeah. They used it and promoted it during the Ottoman period as a way of trying to control and have somebody answerable for Christians. Yeah. The Turkish Republic does not even recognize the title nor the office. Let's take a break right there. We'll come back in just a second. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with my special guest, Father Tom Galloway. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. 
Real life, Real life is happening. Pay close attention. Supreme Court. Fight to the end. Abolish ICE. They want to abolish ICE. The best economy we've ever had. Real, Real news. Life. 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 News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree, Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show with Father Tom. Uh, Father Tom, I know you've got one more thing here to talk about with what Turkey's doing, but I'd really like to talk about your church a little bit. And great. We've great. got just That's a little fine. bit of time here. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, St. Andrew. Well, St. Andrew is, um, uh, it's really a, a wonderful, um, um, story of, a, of a sense of mission and, and people who came here. Um, it started off really with about five families, uh, really wanting to, uh, have an Orthodox church that would have services in the English language and be able to themselves, their children and, and, be able to give a presence of the beauty and the depth of our faith uh, to a growing city as Lexington. So in 1979, mm -hmm. uh, it happened to be on St. Andrew's Day, a group was meeting and uh, at someone's house, and they were discussing this matter. And they began to ask for some, somebody to come in and inquire and maybe send a priest and have a service and to look into developing uh, an English-speaking church here in uh, Lexington. So um, the, the thoughts were always that it would be open, that it would be embracing, it would be multicultural in a sense that everybody would be welcome uh, from whatever background, orthodox or not, and wanted to be able to explain and to open its doors that people who are from this city, this town, this culture, right here in Kentucky, could come and understand the depth, the beauty, and, and the greatness of the Orthodox faith, which has been timeless. You know, our, our faith was delivered to us from the apostles themselves. That's not a byline. That's an historical fact. That's not mm -hmm. some slogan. Um, and that you know, the faith uh, uh, and the apostolic uh, faith and the apostolic uh, succession uh, is something that uh, is unparalleled. And unmatched, you can, you know, and I say, I tell people, you don't believe me? Go check in the Encyclopedia Britannica. Go check some other source. Uh, do a fact check on me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, the church developed, and it has, it has achieved much of that's mission. It continues now, and uh, we have had a, 
uh, an energizing uh, 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 influx even of, of uh, some of newcomers always into the city of Lexington. Unfortunately, we have to say sometimes goodbye to the transfers, but and we have uh, a number now, you know, uh, which was very small at one point, was uh, from Syria. We now have a lot of the educated elite and a lot of the medical community has moved in and uh, been a wonderful, vital presence. So, you know, our, our community continues to, to fulfill that mission and to preach the gospel and to witness to this timeless faith. We have developed, you mentioned iconography, and we're going to give uh, wonderful tours of it. I would love to showcase this. There's um, even some projects to even do more of that in, in the future. But the iconography in our church is unparalleled. Uh, and I, I would, um, almost anything you're going to find in this side of the world and would rival anything in the old world. Yes. Uh, the skill, the technique, all being done in egg tempera. Um, and, and the whole point of, of building a church in this manner, in which we hope to build a, a new one that would be even um, more uh, responsive to the needs of our community, but we would take the icons with us. Mm-hmm. We see a church building. If you're going to build it, have it build it so that the message itself is being spoken even as you walk in without a word. Yeah. And we, we see it as a meeting place of heaven and earth. We see it as a place where... Um, during, during this, we are, in a sense, embraced and elevated towards heaven as we call down the Holy Spirit upon us who are present in the church. And uh, this is, is to be and to portray a sense of vision of heaven. And that's what we should strive for. We should always strive for the highest, the, highest, the nobleness of the, of the human spirit and done so fueled by becoming most fully human by being embracing by the Holy Spirit, which is the very breath of God. Yes. And I've been inside your church, and the icons, the beautiful paintings on the wall are just incredible. The iconography, the music, in which we've had just a few little samples today, all are aimed. uh, There is a whole comprehensive, and we like to talk about this at the festival, of using the arts and uh, the sacred arts. There is a whole theology of the sacred arts, which is, is not in any other uh, aspect of Christianity to the level it is in the Orthodox Church. Right. And using this and, and to embrace the fullness of what it is to be human yeah. and the fullness of what it is uh, to seek union with God. Father Tom, I appreciate you being here today. Um... Keep in mind, uh, let me mention it one more time, the Heritage Festival at St. Andrew Orthodox Church on Higby Mill Road will be the weekend of the 15th and 16th of uh, September. Food and entertainment, Middle Eastern and Slavic foods, all homemade, and I know you've got some great cooks in the church. Oh, and the best. So thanks for being on the show today. Always. I thank you very much for the privilege. Appreciate you being here and and helping us understand a little bit about what's going on in today's culture. Stay with us. Adarsh Mashru will be here shortly. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP.